This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hey, Iowa. Hey, Iowa. I switched it up. Okay. Mm-hmm. I don't mind it. I don't know. I don't know if I'm like married to the idea of hello, Iowa yet. Okay. I we'll mean, see. we're a quarter of the way through the season and now you're throwing curveballs in football, but it's okay. <laughs> curveballs in football. That's good. Um, yeah. I just don't really know yet. How was your week? <laughs> it was a good week. <laughs> How was yours? You know, it started off pretty good. But this end of the week, I'm like taking a few L's. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. Talk about it. <laughs> okay, so we had a, today's Thursday when we were recording this. Wednesday night, we had a volleyball game. I was hosting it um, at the Extreme Arena. Which is really nice, by the way. Dax and I went and watched. It is a really nice venue. You should go check it out if you haven't yet. Uh, but I just told you I did. I was talking to the listeners. Oh, okay. 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 So I was sitting there, it was before the game, and they were all kind of warming up and whatever. We played Illinois, and they were serving over the net, like, hard, okay? So when you're down next to the court, you kind of have to, like, eyes up, like, (laughs) focus in. (laughs) Right. And so I batted a few volleyballs away, and, like, you know, I I was doing... Yes. Eye of the tiger, (laughs) or whatever. Okay. And... um. I was sitting there and I was talking to one of the marketing interns that kind of like helps run the show basically. And I was like, yeah, you know, in six years that I've been reporting on Iowa, like I've never been you hit in the head. Say it. Yeah. I was like, I've never been hit with a ball. Like I'm always out there during volleyball warmups, men's and women's basketball warmups when they're, you know, shooting and all of the things and I've never been hit. And she's like, wow, that's crazy. And I was like, yeah, knock on wood. <laughs> but I said it and I didn't actually knock on the wood that was literally beneath my feet uh, and definitely should have. So I do the little welcome and I'm like, hey, everybody, welcome to Extreme Marina. Yay, all that stuff. Get done. And I'm like, all right, got away, you know, without getting hit again. And as I start to walk away. That was going through your head at that time. Yeah. And as. (laughs) (laughs) Got away with it. (laughs) It's scary. And as I'm walking away, a ball, boom, bounced first and then hits me in the back of the head. Mm. I know. That's tough. And it didn't actually hurt as bad as I thought it was going to, although they were hitting them very hard. Um, I think because it bounced first. And then I also have um, extensions tied into my hair. And so I think that kind of served as a barrier. And I just, I played it off. It's a built-in helmet. A little bit. I, (laughs) hair helmet. (laughs) But I, um, I definitely made a face when it hit. But since it didn't hurt, I was able to really like play it off. And I, I don't know how many Well, people. and you finished the hosting well. Yeah. So it didn't rattle you. <laughs> no, it didn't. Um, so I just kind of acted like it didn't happen. Um, and then I just really hope not a lot of people saw it. Did you have to go in it. for a concussion protocol and get cleared and then come back out? No, probably should have. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that. And then we've got another home football game on Saturday. Didn't know if you knew that. Yeah. Tooth hurty. 
Mm-hmm. It's Thursday currently, and I have a giant zit in the middle of my forehead. <laughs> Don't look at it. Well, I'm not. I'm trying really hard not to. <laughs> it's like poor timing. Come on. So I'm 27 and still get zits, which is so irritating. Um, so I don't that, think they really ever go away. I don't know. At some point, it shouldn't be there. So that, um, Dax decided today that he would wake up at 7.30 a.m. and not take a nap until about 2 o'clock, where typically between 7.30 a.m. and 2 o'clock, he'd have about two naps, and he took none. So that's a little exhausting. He's got um, a lot to do. I guess. A lot to work on. Have you tried picking up and putting down cards? It's, it's exhausting. But also not exhausting because he doesn't need to sleep. <laughs> There's that too. So that. And then lastly, I ate something bad yesterday. I'm pretty sure it was some turkey that we had in the fridge and not been feeling my best today. Not feeling super great. So, you know, like when you don't really feel sick, like it's not like I need to lay in bed by any means. Like I'm still fine. I don't feel like I have like a, a sickness. I just think... I knew, I was like, you know, I think, I don't know if this turkey's good anymore. And then I did it anyway. And I'm like, oh, if you I... go into it thinking, oh, we'll see. I, I feel know. like you already know your answer. So anyway, that's kind of how the, the latter part of my week has been. But well, now it's time to turn it around. We're going to turn it around. My losses are going to turn into Iowa's wins. How about that? Great. <laughs> okay. We've got like Colorado. Yeah. We've got Colorado <laughs> State coming up this weekend. 2.30 game again. It's going to be a lot cooler, which I can totally appreciate. Well, Not, I think now we're officially into fall. Yeah. It, I think the official day, first day of fall was the 21st, 22nd. Something like that. Does that sound right? It was this week. Mm-hmm. And so it feels a lot better here in Iowa, um, like 70s. I like it. Um, so if you add, oh, it's supposed to be like 70, I think, on Saturday. Add, it's not going to be another 23 degrees on the field. No. Well, anyway, add some degrees and it's not going to be as hot as it was last weekend. So either way, um, like I said, Colorado State, what's their mascot or their... Um... Uh, they are the Rams, although... Oh, I knew that. We, well, when we were watching, uh, when we went back and watched them versus Vanderbilt, you about got <laughs> livid. I about lost it. <laughs> so we're watching it and I'm, I was like, oh yeah, we're watching this game. And I'm kind of just hanging out watching. And then I was like, wait a second. Are they orange? Do they have, is their team orange? <laughs> and I was like, I swear when I was looking at other stuff, they're just green and gold and that's it. So I about got like heated about it. And you know how you feel about teams not wearing their colors. Everyone knows how I feel about teams not wearing their colors. Not well. And so I was like, you know what? I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt, even though I'm pretty mad. Looked it up. So they actually wear those orange uniforms, I think yearly, um, as like a throwback type jersey. So it didn't give me a specific date, but I guess before 1957, they were actually Colorado Agricultural and Mechanical College. So Colorado A&M. Yeah. Which would make them the, because I noticed on the back of their helmets, it said Aggies mm-hmm. for agricultural. Right. So. And so, yeah, it's just an ode to their agricultural history, I guess. So I'm not mad. That's fine. You guys can keep <laughs> wearing the orange if you really need to. Um, so anyway. This is our first time playing them. Ever? Ever, ever. That's pretty wild. Mm-hmm. What's their conference again? They are the Mountain West Conference. Yeah, I think we're 9-1-1 one, and one in the history of playing Mountain West Conference teams. Okay. So, not too shabby. Although this is the first time that we have played them as a team, this is not the first time we've played um, 
their head coach, I guess you could say. Okay. Is that a good way of putting that? Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, I'll take it. Um, so he was actually the head coach of Boston College when we played them in 2017 in the wretched, cold, Ugh. horrid pinstripe bowl. It was concrete. Yeah. You but could, it was real ice. It, that was the craziest thing. And then, well, you guys, everyone was slipping all over the field. It was so crazy. And then you went in at halftime, right? And people came out. Yeah. With, like Stanley came out in tennis shoes because he thought that he got better traction. <laughs> Like, are we serious? That I remember crazy. that there was a fire on their sideline, too, because their yes. heater. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Boston College's heater, like, blew up or something. Yes. And it was, yeah, there was a fire on that the was, sideline. That was terrible. Uh, you know, I think if there was a fire on your sideline, I don't think anybody would really object to it. I think you guys would have just huddled around it. It was freezing. Yeah, that was really cold. I've never been that cold. Well, and it wasn't heated underneath, which is something that's standard now. It was kind of cool being in a baseball stadium. Like, yeah. I've never done that before. So, I mean, like, that was kind of cool. That was uh, the first bowl game. I think that was the only bowl game we won while I was there. Yeah, it kind of, like, broke the broke the streak of bowl game losses. Because it was 2013 was Outback Bowl against LSU. Yes. And then, well, at the end of the game, after you guys had won, you guys were all like, what do we do for a trophy ceremony? <laughs> you just kind of, like, walked around, like, so mm-hmm. do we go to the locker room? Do we stay out? Somebody, <laughs> what do we do here? Ooh. Colorado State, what do you got for me? I, I hear they have a pretty good tight end. Trey McBride, is that right? Projected yeah. to be an early NFL draft pick? Well, going into this game, their quarterback has 60 total completions on the year. Mm-hmm. 30 of them are to Trey McBride. Wow. Last game, I forget when we checked the score, but the quarterback had like 10 completions for 111 yards, mm-hmm. and Trey McBride had nine catches for 110. <laughs> funny i mean so i'm not i wouldn't be surprised if they try to get him the ball so if colorado state is like let's list the keys to the game they're like one trey mcbride and then that's it well they would do three keys to the game first one is get trey mcbride the ball Mm -hmm. second one would be trey mcbride needs the ball and third one would be if we don't get trey mcbride the ball we'll probably lose okay now you're just being a little facetious let's be a little bit nicer they have a pretty good running back too don't they he Bailey's pretty good. Yeah, I've seen him break uh, quite a few tackles between watching the Toledo game and watching the Vanderbilt game. Mm-hmm. But I'm just saying, he Trey McBride touching the ball a lot. So they they're ranked 41st in total offense, 453 and a half yards per game. They had a very interesting game against Vanderbilt, and I'll get into that. But the, so Vanderbilt uh, against Vanderbilt, excuse me, Vanderbilt only had 140 yards in the first half. Colorado State had 305 in the Hmm. first half. That's a lot of yards. But they only ended up with like 370-something. So they only had 70 total yards in the second half. Hmm. So they really kind of fell off. I mean, they were up 14-0, and then Vanderbilt kind of stormed back and created this whole thing. But And Vanderbilt ended up winning the game 24-21, kicking a field goal with like 22 seconds left. But, um, yeah, it was... They were kind of all up and down. First half was all of them. Second half, they couldn't do anything. Hmm. Okay. So you found most of your keys to the game by watching that game. Is that what you're telling me? That and Toledo. A little bit of both. Toledo showed a few different things that they did. And they're they're just not pro-style offenses. Mm-hmm. There aren't many pro-style offenses that you can look to and be like, oh, yeah, they they do what we do. Like, yeah. we don't run a pistol. Well, Wagner like was talking in... Uh, like their media day on Tuesday and said that their kind of game plan is to stop the run. And then he said they come out in 14 personnel. I've heard you talk about a lot of personnels, but I don't think I've ever heard you say anything about 14. Tell me about it. 
that would mean one running back and four tight ends. Now, it's kind of like power football with another tight end on the field instead of a fullback. Okay. So sometimes we line Monte Potabam up as like a fullback, although it would be considered 21 personnel because his natural position is fullback. But we'll line him up at the wing just to kind of mess with defenses. It doesn't really change what his goal is or what his objective is. It's lipstick on a pig. <laughs> as we've said before. Um, but their power football consists of one running back and, and four tight ends, which is very interesting. Let's get a little more into their offense, our offense, because we know that's a talking point for sure. Um, in just a second here, and I'm just going to throw a little surprise cheese at everybody. <laughs> <laughs> as you like to say, it's although it's not surprising, no, I'm getting well, it Well, it's surprise because you don't know what you're getting. Though, that's correct? true. No, that's true. You're going to get a lot of different flavors from Galena River Wine and Cheese. Make sure you're checking them out, whether you're in Galena, which you should go visit. It's a sweet little town, little vacation getaway, spend the bye week there, you know, whatever. Just take a little, take a little trip. Relax for a little I looked bit. at uh, somebody left a review saying that you're starting to push them and they're almost a cheese of the month member. So yeah. would you recommend cheese of the month? I would highly recommend cheese of the month. Yeah. Well, at first, so I was like, this is all for me. I'm not taking it anywhere. But then we went over to my sister's house, took it over there. It was a big hit there too. So Galena River Wine and Cheese.com. Check it out. They've got all the good stuff. All right, let's talk about their offense. You mentioned it a little bit, the whole 14 personnel situation. Um, expand a little bit. Well, they do kind of a lot of different things, but against Vanderbilt, and I watched both Toledo and Vanderbilt, but they played them a little bit differently. So Vanderbilt, um, they got their quarterback on the run a lot. They moved him around a lot. So in essence, it's a lot of bootlegs. It's a lot of things like that, which he can run. They, they do some quarterback draw stuff. Um, don't really do a whole lot of like, um, like RPO type stuff, but they get him moving to give him a choice of if he wants to run, he can. And if he wants to throw it, he can do that too. Obviously, Trey McBride is kind of the security blanket and he's going to continue to be uh, moving forward. Uh, they had their number one receiver go out against Vanderbilt. Uh, he was also their punt returner, which we can talk special teams later. Um, but without their top guy, now Trey McBride kind of steps in as like, he's the guy now, like that's it. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it's not surprising that he's the guy when, again, he had 10 completions, nine of which went to Trey McBride. Um, against Toledo, they rolled a little bit more. They broke a, uh, they broke their losing streak. They were 0-2 going into that game against Toledo. They were down, I believe, 6-7 to before they came back um, and ended up winning 22-7. to um, They played a little bit, obviously played better, um, but there were still opportunities, I think, that Toledo kind of left on the field. One thing that they do that's kind of interesting is they'll make their formation very tight. So a lot of times you'll see like receivers um, either all the way out to the numbers or trying to get proper spacing and all that kind of stuff. And it makes your defense like have to declare where they're going to be. So they kind of have a defined spot. Like I uh, I talked about last week, like the will was walked. So that kind of takes him out of the box. But they'll bring, they'll like do their entire offense in the box, whether it's receivers whether it's tight ends, whether it's whatever, and then they'll still run it with everybody in there. So instead of the idea of we're going to spread everybody out, have six people in the box and have five people blocking and the running backs responsible for one, it's we're going to put all 11 guys in this eight yard square and then we just expect our guys to block their guys. Hmm. It's kind of an interesting thing. They did a little bit against Vanderbilt, did a lot against Toledo. Do you Um, think they'll do the same when it comes to our defense, defensive line, et cetera? 
personally, I wouldn't do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, we got a lot of we got a lot of dudes, but um, I mean, if that's part of their game plan and they feel comfortable there, I wouldn't be surprised. One one thing that that can uh, can happen from a Titan formation is either a you run a lot of out routes because now you've got room on either side because you're not as spaced out or crossing routes. So trying to get linebackers to run into one another, DBs running into linebackers if there's crossing routes, whether it's high, low, whatever it is. Um, sometimes you can create an open guy that way. I haven't seen that on film, but that doesn't mean they can't do it. Okay. So how about our offense? What do you think? What are you seeing from their defense that could pose some threats, first of all? And second, what hmm, what are you expecting out of them this week, I guess? Out of our guys or their guys or both? Both as a combination. Well, very interesting comment uh, that I was reading from Tyrone Tracy about how he kind of he wants the ball more, which is great. We're, I'm biased. I'm a receiver. Like, I don't just want to go out there and run for my health. I get that. But then talking about how he wants to be able to move around. And I'm pretty sure I answered this on the previous podcast of like, we need guys to be able to move around and move and we need an alpha. Problem is maybe he was listening and he's like, I'm the alpha. (laughs) Maybe. (laughs) But I'd rather you go show me Mm. than you say, Well, I'm I'm I deserve this. Like, well, go out and do it and then we'll talk about it, kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, not saying he can't be. He's the only one that does that consistently stays on the field, which goes to show that he's earned that right. Just a matter of being able to make plays on a consistent basis outside of Laporta, who I mean, he was a he was a definite weapon last week. So um, I can kind of see that. It, just an interesting quote that I that I caught. Um, so we might be seeing Tyrone move around a decent amount and kind of going from there. I feel like you pay attention a lot to media answers because you were so like buttoned up in how you answered questions with the media. I answered. Well, I had my own feelings about different things when it comes to the media, but um, you're a very conservative answerer. I will sound the exact same every single time. Yeah. Every single week it was, what are you seeing from their DBs? It didn't matter who was asking it. Let's say we're playing Rutgers, we're playing Michigan State, we're playing um, North Texas. It doesn't matter. Every single time I say, they're really athletic and they move well in space. So we're going to have to see what we can do in order to find a spot. That's Every single week. Do you think anyone noticed? I don't know, because they sent me out there every single week to do media. <laughs> I, I would think that the crowd of three or four reporters that happened to be asking that question would just be like, uh, I don't want to talk to this dude. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so let's talk. I don't know. Where do you want to go next? Well, we can kind of, I was going to say, we can kind of transition into the keys to the game. But what we really need is a good team to get you keys. Ah. To a new house. To a new house. There it is. There it is. Condo. Uh, apartment, apartment, um, acreage, townhouse. single family home, town home, <laughs> zero lot, duplex, multifamily. The Doesn't Bales matter. Team. The Bales team is the team to do it. The Bales team is the key to get the keys. Whether you're selling, buying, it really doesn't matter what it is. We got six people that can take care of you. We've got somebody who's dealt with it. Um, like I said, whether it's agricultural type stuff with acreages or just land, or if you're talking about just condos and apartments, we got somebody who's gone through it. We got somebody that can help you, even if somebody's out of, you know, they're out of town or they're doing whatever, which we're still going to check our phones every now and then, but we got somebody immediately there that can help you show you do whatever it is that you need. So check out the Bales team at urbanacres.com. Uh, you can just literally type in the Bales team or you can Google it, Bing it. Do people, do, do people Bing? Ask Jeeves. 
I have no idea what that one is. You don't know what Ask Jeeves is? No. Oh, it's a thing. Um, so there we go. Keys to the house. Uh, the Bales team. They've got them. So let's do keys to the game. Three of them. What do you got for me? First one, break it down. Well, we just talked about the offense, and I think you got to take what they're giving you. Mm. We don't need to force anything. I think sometimes we get caught in a in a mode of we want to do a certain thing against this defense, whether whatever defense it is. But I think sometimes it also helps to kind of look at what they're giving you. So one thing that Vanderbilt did a lot is that when they went uh, two wide or three wide on one side, they would walk their inside linebacker over top of number two, which is the middle wide receiver. Number one is the receiver closest to the sideline. Number two is the middle receiver. Number three is the receiver that's closest to the line of scrim- uh, closest to the line mm-hmm. as they're standing there. They would walk somebody out over two, but they would play the third guy off really inside. Or if they just had two receivers, then the second guy would be like eight to 10 yards off. So Vanderbilt, I'm pretty sure, hit like nine quick slants, just real quick, boom. And they were getting six yards a pop, six, eight, 12, nine. Like they just took what they were giving them. They're giving them quick hitches. They were giving them quick slants. So they just used it. Beat they took on it. the short game. Short game. That's the key. It gets Spencer into the rhythm. It takes care of all that kind of stuff. And if they do walk him out there and where they only have six in the box, we might see a little 20 personnel, which we've done before, where Monte comes in as the fullback. We've got Goodson or uh, Ivory Kelly Martin or Gavin Williams at running back. And then you've got um, three, uh, three receivers in the game. I apologize. Three receivers in the game. And now that number two receiver is going to take that backer out. So if they've got six in the box, we've got six to block with Goodson back there because Monte Potamon becomes the six, Mm -hmm. the offensive line is five. So I could see if they walk that will. I mean, if they're going to give us six on six in the box, we'll take it every time. Yeah. Well, and that would be fun too, because I feel like um, might get people off the offense's back a little bit. Um, just in terms of like, when are we going to throw the ball? Da, da, da. When are we going to gain momentum? That whole thing. This could be their opportunity. Well, and one thing too, uh, both Vanderbilt and Toledo were able to take take deep shots. I think these corners are very beatable, beatable based off what I've seen on film. Um, actually, Toledo, I talked about Charlie Jones scored on the double post concept. Toledo did the same thing for like a 45-yard gain. Mm. We are just one-on-one, boop, boop, beat him. And uh, Vanderbilt, I don't know how many deep balls they threw and just let the guy go out there and make a play. I wouldn't be surprised if we saw a few shots. I'm I'm a receiver. I'm biased. So, of course, I want to see that. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I wouldn't be surprised if we see a few more shots. Okay. Defensively. Special teams. What do we got? Be opportunistic. And I've talked about this before uh, in previous ones. But um, one thing that came up a lot in the Vanderbilt game, it was like three out of five plays. The ball got tipped in the air. One thing that our defense does really good of, about is when the ball is, A, when it's coming out, the defensive line that isn't able to get there, they get their hands up and they get an opportunity to tip the pass. And two, our DBs and linebackers have been ball hawks. So they're able to take advantage of those opportunities that lie there. So I'd say be opportunistic, especially if he's rolling. It's a lot harder to get your feet underneath you when you're rolling. Um, so I think there was even one time, I can't remember, I think it was Vanderbilt. He's rolling to his right. It was a designed rollout, and he tried to throw it across his body while running to his right. That's a big no-no. CJ did it every now and then, completed it every time as far as I know, but CJ is also a different breed. Um, so I think there's going to be opportunities there. I also say that on special teams because I don't think their special teams are very good, mm. personally. I think we're going to have opportunities in the – punt game their punter is a boomer 
but their punk, uh, punk coverage team doesn't seem to be at the same level. Mm, okay. Did you see what KF said about their um, fake punt that they ran? I did Against not. Kent State? He was really beating himself up about it. He was. Um, they asked him about it in his press conference this week leading up to this game. And he was like, that was dumb. And then he went on and on about how like dumb he was for calling that play in that instance. I was like, geez, it's okay. Like we like a fake punt every now and then. Even, I mean. Marshall Cannon against Iowa State in 2015. He yeah. goes for 38 yards. Unfortunately, we needed 40. <laughs> well, he was like, well, you know, in that circumstance, blah, blah, blah. It was really dumb and used the term dumb a lot. So that's not coming from me. Um because I personally thought it was fun. <laughs> and then... Um, That's when everybody dubbed the new Kirk thing, right? Yes. Yeah. Well, and then he was like, you know, it's it's easy to laugh about it after you've won, which is true. So it's kind of like, you know, it served as a little bit of um, entertainment, a talking point. For sure. So no harm, no foul. I thought it was okay. Continue with special teams. I just had to mention that. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. Um, and as far as the punt return team, they're not very good at judging the ball. Like I said, their star receiver is out, uh, so they have their backup punt returner back there now. And their star receiver was pretty rough at tracking the ball, and this new guy has also been rough at tracking the ball, and he actually had muffed a punt against Toledo. So with Terry Roberts and Ivory on the other side, I mean, obviously, I think everybody kind of knows Terry Roberts' name by now. Um, with Tory booming it and with Terry and Ivory going down there, I feel like they're going to have some opportunities to maybe force a muffed punt. Something simple. Okay. Third key. This one, I see you have it written down right here. A note. And it's very, like... In-depth. Bland. Usual. What do you got? Please try to hide your excitement from our <laughs> listeners. I don't want them to get too crazy if they're, you know, going for a walk or something. They start sprinting. Mm. I want to make sure that, you know, we, we hone it in. Yeah, but... sorry. What What's the third key, Matt? <laughs> Play Iowa football. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know, the thing is, though, I think we, I mean, KF kind of talked about it. I mean, obviously, we have to take care of the football. Um, having two turnovers and uh, multiple fumbles, you know, Ivory, of course, is kind of the topic of discussion there. Um, but both of, well, he and Goodson have both fumbled on the year. So making sure that our ball security is tight. Um, Gavin Williams, next man in. We talk about that a lot, especially in 2015. We had a lot of next man in uh, during that uh, for that team. And Gavin Williams stepped in and did a great job. Caught a few passes, picked up a few blitzes, did what he had to do on, um, you know, running the football, of course. So that part is good, but obviously we want to take care of the football. We had a lot of penalties. KF talked about that too. Um, we talked about it in our recap a little bit about false starts, offsides, things of that nature that just don't typically happen. A kick-catch interference, like stuff that you don't typically see from an Iowa team. So understanding that, I mean, Iowa football, just, just got to do what you got to do. Go out there and do what you got to do. Clean, disciplined Iowa football. That's it. That'll win you the game. I think those three things can absolutely lead, lead themselves to win the game. I don't know if I've asked you this um, or we've asked each other this. Um this season what is your um score prediction oh for this game we're gonna go for that well i don't want to do it every time just because that gets a little like monotonous but this time just out of curiosity what do you think well i was favored by 23 are they really at least last time i checked and they were favored by 22 and a half and vegas was on point at 30 to 7 so when spencer's quarterbacking we averaged 31 point something points per game, which is the most by any Iowa quarterback since 
I don't know. It was a long time. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty cool. So I could see us putting up 30. You know, I could see it being 35, 10, something like that. Do they score the 10 when our second string comes in, at, like toward the end of the third quarter? Or do you think they get away with a couple early uh, in the game? That tight end just comes out there and makes a play. Boop, boop, boop. <laughs> well, the, the thing is, too, I mean, those are also scholarship athletes. <laughs> so I'm I wouldn't be saying, surprised I'm if just, they get one. Okay. Now, now our defense is mean. You made me sound like I'm mean. No, not at all. Our defense is phenomenal. <laughs> okay, I wouldn't be surprised you. if they shut them out. I wouldn't be surprised if they got one, but okay. that would be it. Okay. I don't see them putting up 14 points. Okay. So you didn't give me a score. I said 35-10. 35-10. Mine is. I think Iowa covers the 23-point spread. I'm going to go 28-3. We don't get to 30. That's my. That's mine. Okay. Uh, based on nothing. Based on nothing outside of two less touchdowns <laughs> yeah, than mine. I, I just decided that. I could see that. So I'm pretty sure it's family weekend this weekend. That's good. Yeah. Good weekend to bring your family to the game. We should take Dax. I've been telling you this since the season started. Well, I know, but this is family weekend. So this might be the one. We'll see. And we got some big headphones for him. Yeah. We'll we make it work. Big noggin. <laughs> we'll make it work. It's a 2.30 game. I already mentioned that. Beautiful weather. Beautiful weather. It's going to be so nice. Football weather. Iowa weather. It's fall, y'all. I hate when people say that. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a terrible doormat. It's fall, y'all. Can't stand it. Anyway, it is. And we're getting ready for some Hawkeye football this weekend. Taking on Colorado State. First time ever. First time ever. And we're going to get the first one ever. I like it. 1-0 versus Colorado State. The next time we play them, they'll look back and say, back in 2021, that was their, uh, they got the win over. The inaugural. The inaugural win in Kinnick Stadium. 301st win in Kinnick Stadium. Are we ready? Are we ready? Yeah. All right, let's roll. Go Hawks. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.